hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. Sitting back here worshiping this morning, and Holy Spirit spoke a word to me about crossing. I had to sit and think about it for a minute. What's he talking about? And he gets showing me about where God's people came to the river. And they begin to complain. How are we going to get across? How are we going to do what we're doing? You know, the enemy couldn't stop God from bringing them on through. He can't stop you if you're ready to cross over. That was the word he gave me this morning, cross over. Some of us are just sitting there. Worship is good. But when we hit the hard times, when we're not able to do what we're doing, the only way you're going to have a breakthrough is to cross on over. He's always there preparing the way. He's opening up the doorways and the path for freedom. If you have a need this morning, the altar's open. If you need prayer this morning to help you come right on across, just come right on. Those of us here will pray with you. But this morning, don't hold back. Don't walk in fear. It's time to cross over. Lord, this morning we receive your invitation to cross over. This morning we receive the understanding that where we stand is not our end. Where we feel comfortable now is not our destiny. We receive your invitation to cross over. What a daring invitation to receive. What a courageous thing to begin stirring in our hearts this morning. So, when Ernie came to me with that during worship, I told him he had to come up and share it. And he looked at me and said, can't you share it? I just gave it to you. I said, no, trust me. Because his word this morning was an absolute invitation from the Lord. It wasn't just a good encouragement. Okay? And an important part of that word is not just the words that were spoken, but the fact that he stood up here and did it. Because it's one thing to say cross over. And it's another thing when you come to that place in your heart where you go, I could stand here. And you could go up there. And as I knew Ernie would, because I see him do this daily, he said, well, all right. And so the invitation to every one of us this morning, can I ever speak without crying? The invitation to every one of us this morning is a, can't you just do it? Or a, well, all right. Do you have a well, all right in you this morning? (sighs) Amazing things are gonna happen in your life the moment that a well, all right comes out of your mouth. See, every one of us are invited. Every single one of us are invited. Isn't that awesome? To those that didn't get invited many to, to many high school parties, isn't it awesome to be invited? Isn't it awesome when the door opens to you? 
and say, well, we want you here. The stuff that you are, are part of this. Amen? Um, I've received an invitation all morning long. Okay? When uh, Brian carried Balin in uh, for the first time this morning out of his uh, bed, and he saw me, and I, I say, hey, and uh, he looks, and he, he don't, he's not even sure he wants to be up yet. And so he had this thought of, I could just bury my face into mom's shoulder, but then he saw me there. And he said, I'm going to go sit with daddy. My heart goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To when I go up uh, into my office, uh, just to, uh, when I arrived here and, and just opened my heart to the Lord and make sure that, there's, that things are set right in me. Um, Pastor Stephanie comes in lays her hands on me and says, I have a word from the Lord for you. And she speaks the most real word, oh, that just set me right where I'm at and then kicked me forward. What an invite. What an invite. So you gotta understand, it wasn't just I received that, that feels good. What that does is that now ruins my day. a day that I have rightly planned out, a day that I feel very settled about, right? And so it produces an well, all right moment in me to where, whoa, what amazing worship this morning. To where Collie's standing back there with his Elmo guitar. And just because that thing is not plugged in does not mean it's not making noise. Because that little body could not contain what was pumping through his veins. Did you see him? He got to stomping and reaching higher for the mic. What is all this? Man, there's just invitations. They're telling you that you can't sit where you're at and feel comfortable. Man, Brendan Finn just always on his tiptoes up here. I'm just thankful for these. Are you thankful for these things? These, see, it's not, sometimes we just say these things like they're tokens, like, oh, we just appreciate the worship team this morning. But I'm telling you, I appreciate the worship team this morning. The same way I appreciate Pastor Stephanie, the same way I appreciate Pastor Ernie, the same way I appreciate Collie. I was, at a, I was invited to a party last night. This is not a confession. This is... It was a nice party, mostly. And uh, I looked around me at some of the others that were there, and uh, we had a time. We had a really good time. And we laughed a lot, and you know, we fully engaged. Okay. Uh, it was it was funny. It was uh, a party that was, uh, if you heard of one of these, like the mystery, the murder mystery things, and the party's trying to figure out what's going on, the actors are walking through, and you got it, you're, you're kind of working with and interviewing some of the actors uh, and figuring out what's going on. Anybody done that before? No? Hey, a few of you? It's fun. It's fun. And, you know, some people came to the party, and some people came to party. Yeah. 
In fact, some people even confess to me, they're like, I'm just here for the food. And I think that's great. For some people, that is the party, right? Like, hey, look at this spread, you know? I'm just saying that some people came for the party, some people came to party. It's the same way in the kingdom. I'm talking there's an answer to an invitation and there's the answer of the invitation. And we make that decision not once at a tearful altar. We make that decision moment by moment when these opportunities come to us. It's like Pastor Ernie said, there's that river we've come to. Some people come to drink from the river and some people like to swim. But anytime I'm at a, a party, a pool party with Michael and Bridget, they're swimming. I might lounge around, I might visit with other people. They're in the pool every time. Anybody knows somebody like that in the kingdom? They're just, they're swimming. They came with their trunks on. I wanna talk this morning, as you, you might now understand, I wanna talk this morning about answering the call of God for your life. What does that really look like? Is it just a conversation that you had with God or an idea that you have about how you might participate in the body? Is it your job at the church? Or is answering the call of God for your life a little bit deeper than that, a bit more involved, a bit more in the pool, if you will. Yeah? There's a song uh, that uh, when I was a you know, young believer, songs were so important to me. Anybody else? Like, it was all about the songs. Why? Honestly, I was just a hungry person wanting to be discipled. I didn't know what disciple meant yet. I just knew that my heart was leaning into something and something about songs, would, uh, the truths of God were easily digestible. Made me just love a song. I'm not, uh, some people are gonna be offended at this. I'm not a music person, okay? I knew, I knew, I knew there'd be offense. It's, it's not, it doesn't consume me. The other day I got an Apple Music 30-day uh, trial with a full understanding that I'll probably cancel after 30 days. But I'm gonna have fun for 30 days. Okay, it's just my wiring. I, I'm not passionate. But then I couldn't get enough. I had just um, date myself uh, uh, in the room, but I had CDs upon CDs upon CDs. Anybody uh, uh, too young didn't know what I'm talking about. It, I had just, uh, man, I'd organize those things, put them all in order and, you know, just where I could just, it was just a passion because I just love these songs. And there was this song that just would capture me and it was talking, it said, it said, it's been one of those days when you walk with me and talk with me so close, I think I've caught the scent of angel wings. And see, there were things like that happening in my relationship with him. And so when I heard the song, ah, just grabbed onto me. And then, then there's something that really connected with me. It said, why, oh, why do the good days end? Makes me wonder now by the way I feel if yesterday was even real. Anybody been through one of those? And so I'm just, as a young believer, I'm going, oh, no, 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 you know, just, Love that, love that. And as I was uh, hearing from the Lord about re truly receiving his invitation, that's all a calling is. To those of you that think that uh, you're being appointed to a position, that is less important than receiving the call. The call is an invitation. The call is an ache inside of you that you either give yourself to it or you don't. 
That means that you can be in the position and not accept the call. As I stand in front of you this morning, I'm standing in a position, but I could choose not to answer the call. I could spit some stuff to you that sound good about the Bible. I can, I've, been, I've been ministering for over 20 years. It's really crazy to say that because I'm about 20. But I've been around just enough to make it look like I know what I'm doing up here. So I could choose to answer the call or not this morning. Nevertheless, here I stand in the position. So here we are, you are, standing in a position as a believer. But you still have the opportunity to answer a call. I saw men just upstairs. Some of these days I'll get to the Bible. There's just so many good things. I stood upstairs in a room full of men as they shared their heart about uh, just a beautiful uh, curriculum that we're doing where we're digging in and making sure that we've received healing from how we got here in life. And I just watched these men, one after the other, just become vulnerable to a room which is not traditionally manly to do. And they just start giving themselves and saying, hey, here's me, I'll put that on the table and see what's going on. I just, I, I watch these things and I'm going, wow. These men didn't just come to church today, they're in the pool. They're in the pool. Second Peter, yay, he's in the Bible now. Second Peter. Chapter one, I wanna start with verse four, I think. It says, and because of his glory, talking about Jesus and his excellence, he's given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Check this out. How does God, how does God invite you into a calling? He does it, he woos you into himself by giving you promises. Now, that's what's awesome about God is he gives you promises before you commit. <laughs> he goes ahead and says, say, this is, the, this is me when I got married. Okay, they ask you, they ask you, hey, do you give yourself to this woman? See, I, I, I didn't get married as a young man where it was just all just this whirlwind of things where I, well, how did I get caught up in this? No, like I, I was old in my mind, but I had been around long enough to figure out what, what my convictions were, what I felt like I stood for and what I felt like I carried. So when that was asked to me, I, I, I knew what was being asked. That makes sense. The opportunity is for me to answer before the other person answered. <laughs> this is the way God's, God covenants with us, is it not? Yes, I do. Now I'll see what they'll say. And so this is what he does, is, is he gives us promises. In other words, he tells you, hey, this is established concerning you, that's done and then gives you the opportunity to respond to those promises, so much so that the word had to take a step aside. Peter here takes a step aside and goes, hey, respond to those promises. Do something with those promises that were given to you. Hey, be vulnerable. Hey, don't take that lightly. Hey, 
whether it be Balin saying, I'm going to sit with daddy this morning. Come on, don't take that lightly. There's something established concerning you. I'm giving you a picture to what that is, and you have the opportunity to respond to the promise. So what happens when you respond to these promises is something gets established in you and in the world around you. And it carves the path for you to see things that you couldn't see before. Okay? How many know that there are some insights when you first become a parent that are unlocked to you that you did not have before that? And it didn't matter, you read the books. And it didn't matter, you read the website. And then that little one came and it unlocked some vision in you that you could not see before. I had some of my friends that were my age uh, have kids before I did. And they were talking about some of my believing uh, uh, friends and they would, they would say, hey, you don't, I mean, the things that you discover about God when you've had a child. Um, amen? There's just some things you discover. And I remember going, oh, they need to shut up. I didn't have kids yet, but boy, did I have a relationship with the Lord that was vibrant and active and full. And I, I got really jealous over things like that. You know, you weren't, gonna, you weren't gonna have anything that me and God didn't have together. Um, I, mean, I remember I received my prayer language by jealousy. Heard somebody else in a prayer line. Every time we got in a prayer line, it'd really bother me to start praying in tongues. Why are you doing that to me? See, now I can't concentrate because you and God are doing something over there that I don't even know what that is all about. And I feel outside of that, that bothered me. Bothered me right to the altar. So... Yeah, there's some insights, some things that unlock what you see. If you don't respond to promises, you'll see there in 2 Peter, if you don't respond to the promises or the promptings that are given you, you become, as uh, what the Bible says, blind. Can't see afar off, nearsighted. There's a consequence to receiving a promise and not responding to that promise. It is not a whooping. It's a consequence to your own self. It's a dullness of your vision. Anybody with me? It's a dullness of your vision that happens over time. Because some things are too painful to look at when you won't step over. Some things are too painful to consider on this side of the river. I, uh, some of the men this morning were talking about uh, that their wives had accused them of selective he hearing. <laughs> but there's just some things that are painful to listen to when you're not willing to move. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, what, 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 what did you say? Sorry, I didn't hear that. <laughs> I have to convince myself to stay on task. There are these moments, um, I want to say, First uh, Corinthians or First uh, Kings, chapter twelve. It talks about all these kings. Now, I'm going to mess up these kings' names, and you'll see why very quickly if you read 1 Kings 12. You'll have Joash, and then Joahashaz, and then Jehoahaz, and then Jehu, and Je You're not going to remember that very long. There's too many things to remember, but one, these kings, one after another, you, you had uh, here in 1 Kings, you had... Uh, a split kingdom, right? You've got Israel, 
and you've got Judah. Um, and so the, there were issues in the kings of Israel. Uh, in fact, it, it said over and over again, these kings, just, they just didn't do right. They just didn't respond to the fullness of the reason that they were in the position. Okay? And uh, one of the things it kept mentioning, and so it got me curious, is it said it did not, uh, one of the issues that, they, uh, that were crippling them is that they did not repent of the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat. Okay? Um, Jeroboam was a funny character. I feel like I've known some like him. I feel like I've been some like him at times, okay? Jeroboam was a guy that was good with people, okay? And when you're good with people, there's a real temptation to let that be your strength instead of things that the Lord is doing in your life. Hello. When you're good with people, sometimes you have just a natural gift to avoid accountability to the things you very much feel like you're supposed to be doing when you're good with people. Because there's always somebody else to step in to position or to give you opportunities that you feel like release you of the accountability. Does that make sense? laugh sometimes because I'll, I'll watch people that have given themselves to this. And uh, it's a conscious decision, I think, at first. And then over time, I think people get just locked in. And they don't even know that they're doing it. And you'll just watch these folk. They will be working so extremely hard with people to avoid taking the simplest step with God. Is that just me that relates to that? Man, they're just oh, whispering over here, talking over here, making sure this person understands this, making sure they're not misunderstood there. Make a, just, yeah. And they start to work that over time. And man, they, they become so skilled at that that it replaces the mission. It replaces the response to the promise because there's a false thing that arises where everything feels okay and everybody's pleased with you. It's one of the biggest things that happen in, in people is receiving the approval of men, receiving the approval of the people around you can feel like you've arrived. Your heart knows better. Your heart knows better heart knows better. But everybody's okay, aren't they? Everybody's all right. Jeroboam was wired this way. He always found himself in position through, whether consciously or not, working it. <laughs> and so uh, De, uh, Solomon had gotten to a place where he was just, had really gotten consumed with women and uh, 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 some of the rigid, all these kind of things, and it made him an easy target for the people around him, okay? And it also made him, uh, uh, you know, God was to a place where he felt, I can't move forward with this guy. Uh, but in honor of David, he kept Solomon in position, but then he, he made some adjustments and some changes that would put Solomon hopefully eventually in the house of David eventually back into place, okay? And uh, so, there's uh, a Jeroboam standing in a good place at the right time. And he gets a word over his life, okay? He gets this word that is amazing. King, uh, or uh, Ahijah, the priest, he, he comes to him, he says, hey, he has this new cloak, he takes his cloak, and he rips this cloak into 12 pieces. And he says, you, take these 10 pieces because I'm giving you uh, uh, 10 uh, tribes 
and I'm going to keep two uh, there in the house of David. But I'm giving you 10 tribes. And listen, you're not just a tool in this matter concerning Solomon. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you uh, uh, everything that your heart desires. Is going to, you're going to be able to rule over and, get, and just really walk this thing out. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And, I, and, and, and Jeroboam is just receiving this uh, call. Okay? But then Jeroboam goes on. See, once you start that habit of, of working, working it, it is tough to get yourself in a position of going, I don't have to earn favor anymore. I've inherited it from the Lord. Amen. So, it, man, you talk about, this is one of the last sins that you'll get a chance to repent from. <laughs> this is after some of the uh, riffraff is cleared out of the room. Are you with me? Where you start going, you know what? I could probably work this, but I won't. You know what? I could probably talk to this person, work this out, and manip manipulate this and move this forward. But you know what? I'm not going to do that because something inside of me, it's not satisfied. Jeroboam did not carry that. He gave in to that temptation that he had always had. And, and, and what he began to do is he began to work it. So he had, he had 10 tribes. Then he has two tribes over here. When they come in to, uh, the people of Israel come in to worship at the prescribed time, they pass through those 10 and go to the two. We're talking just geography because that's where the temple was. Are you staying with me? That's where the temple was. And here come Jeroboam going, whoa, or Jeroboam, he's going, whoa, I don't like this. Everybody passing through here. And what Jeroboam said is, I can't have it to the place where I leave it wide open for them to go over there. And then they get to the place where they start getting allegiances back there again, right? Because they were given to me, but man, they're gonna, they're gonna realize the old days, they're gonna get locked in over there. And his, that part of him that works it started to get really active, really full. And so he said, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna put some, we're, we're gonna build some golden calves and we're gonna set them right in this place. And he sends the thing out to the people and he says, hey, you don't have to take that big long journey to go worship God right now. I'm set you up right here, right here with these calves. Okay, you come here and, uh, and worship the Lord. That way you don't have to go so far. Man, he's working it, isn't he? Isn't he good? Doesn't it sound good to everybody that's trying to carry their kids and camels and everything else, right? And they're going, oh, that sounds actually pretty nice. And he puts these golden calves there, okay? Now, people argue and go, oh, that's idol worship. Now, he said, I want you to sacrifice to God. I'm putting these calves here. Are you with me? And so what he was doing is he was doing a, he was doing a good thing that was wrong. <laughs> now we're really confused, people. He's doing a good thing that was wrong. We're talking about answering your call. Hey, this is not a, if you think this is about a salvation message this morning, it's not, okay? I, I need you to know we're gonna come a step in further. A step in further. We're talking about when we talk about doing good things that are wrong. Okay? Good things that are wrong. He built, he, he built these calves and said, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna take care of it here. I know God has prescribed this, but we're gonna do it here. It's no different than rewind back to Mount Sinai. Are you with me? Mount Sinai, they go up. Moses, you go up there and you let us know what goes down here. He's carrying the covenant of God in his hands as he comes down off Mount Sinai. And then he looks at them and they got a little antsy, got a feeling, say, hey, maybe Moses isn't coming back down. That looks crazy up there anyway. Maybe Moses isn't coming back down. So here's what we're gonna do. We can't, we can't just die out here, so we'll get busy doing a good thing that ain't right. And they build these calves, right? The thing about both of those, I just wanna, if we're gonna answer the call of God for our life, we have to have this resolve inside of us that says, I just, I'm not interested in living a good life. I'm interested in responding to the promptings of God in my heart. 
See, good enough has got to not be good enough if you want the God enough. Nope, no preacher can do that for you. There has to be something inside of us. What is it inside of you that causes you to sit down at your home, open up that word, and have an encounter? Come on, what is that inside of you that causes you to step aside as you're walking throughout your day and become, when you really wanna get busy so that you can get some of this responsibility stuff off of you, that says, I've gotta I've got breathe a minute and, and experience the Lord's presence and assurance that he's with me. What is that? It's not morality. You won't do those things out of responsibility. Out of responsibility, you will work. Out of prompting, you will love. Out of prompting, you will surrender. In response to promises, you'll lay all things down. Are you with me? I had uh, the call of God to, to, to minister and to preach came over my life in really odd ways. I was, uh, I don't know if I told this story here before, but um, I was driving on uh, Route 60 uh, in Barbersville, and this guy behind me was just not satisfied with my speed. And he was just this way, and he was this way, just trying to get a peek around me, like, is there life beyond this uh, car with this bozo in it. It's not going the speed that I want to go. Okay. And so he's just all over me and just, and I'm just, and the more I'm, uh, the more I'm seeing him, probably the slower I'm going. Not out of spite, although I have done that. Not out of spite, but just like, I'm starting to watch what, like, what's he doing back there? What's going on? Right. Uh, and so I must've then just kind of started to drift a little bit back and forth in the lane. So a cop comes, boom, 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 passes the dude behind me and pulls me over. I pull over and a uh, guy comes walking up and it's a guy I, uh, I, I graduated high school with. I go, oh, hey, Ben. He goes, oh, Ronnie. He said, you know, I should have pulled over the guy behind you. I said, I agree. Um, he said, but you know, you were kind of drifting there. I was like, yeah, I was kind of watching him. And uh, he looked at me, he goes, oh man, you know, I'm sorry, no big deal. Uh, he said, hey, aren't you, uh, aren't you preaching now? At that point in my life, I had never preached a word. At that point in my life, I had not answered any call. At that point in my life, uh, aside from uh, reading the Bible that I did by myself and uh, not in front of anybody, back then I would have thanked the Lord for that, nothing. And he said, aren't you preaching? And I'm telling you, I got flushed and flustered. I could have said no. Instead, I get embarrassed. Isn't that weird? I got embarrassed. And I went, well, man, I, I mean, I, I guess it's something I could see, like, I'm saying, why am I telling this to the cop, you know? I, I, I guess that's something I could see maybe God doing with my life, and I'm just start throwing this stuff out here. Like, I'm just like, start confessing to him like I had missed an appointment. And uh, now I'm explaining to him why I missed the appointment. Because maybe I did. And so I say my goodbyes to him, and I'm driving with my thoughts. I went, what was that? What was that? You know what that was? A promise. Lord, it's messing me up right now. You have to give me a minute. It was just a promise. My mamaw was going to her bank, and there was another person sitting there that knew me. It was a bank teller. And uh, my mamaw, if you don't know me, 
uh, especially back then, she'd make sure that you knew me. She just introduced me around to the people, okay? So she's going, you know, have you heard of my son, Ronnie? And she would just tell me about, you know, telling the bank teller about me. And they, oh, I know Ronnie. Oh, do you? Yes. Uh, The bank teller goes, isn't he a a pastor now? So, well, you know, now he's going to church. He's in church, you know. Mamaw's trying to help me. Just promises that he had established that I have an opportunity to respond to. Did I? It was uh, uh, this other time, God doesn't leave it for a chance, does he? Like, there was this other time where uh, um, <clears throat> the church I was going to, the pastor's in his office, okay? And uh, he, see, uh, he's, he was telling me, he goes, hey, Ryan, I got, I got to talk to you about something. I said, he said, I saw this uh, poster. And this poster had uh, just these multitudes of uh, young people on it. And this man was like preaching over top of them and, and, and just ministering to thousands of people. And he said, oh, I just, I, I uh, was just asking the Lord, I said, Lord, he said, Lord, bring that person to me. And <clears throat> bring that person to me. And the Lord said to him, I have. It's Ronnie. And so he told me that. And again, I felt about like the officer when I was sitting with the officer. And he looked at me and said, live a life worthy of the call. As a young man, that felt horrible. Because all I heard was, as a young, I'm just telling you, be real with you, as a young man, I was, I was a young guy, and I heard that, all I heard was be sexually pure. That's all I heard. I'm going, yeah, I probably should. I carried it as a weight, okay? I carried that as a weight for a long time. Man, ministry, I, I began to answer the call and I began to operate in ministry. I carried that all the time. I used to get uh, horrible stress headaches because I tried to carry in my flesh what the Lord had already promised. I'd be ministering to people, trying to take care of people, man, and things wouldn't go right in their lives or they'd make wrong decisions or whatever. That was all on me, crying in my living room floor. Man, I'd be in the, uh, I was leading a youth ministry at the time and completely judging everything about who I am and what God's called me to do on the basis of the crowd that lives behind me. Yeah? I just want us to understand something as I'm starting to close here, is when I'm talking about answering the call, I'm not talking about you trying in your flesh to just get going. If anybody starts a strong Bible reading plan and three three prayers a day on the basis of this discussion this morning, that, that will not last very long. The, there are, this is what I, I would want to shake that uh, little Ronnie Stewart. I'd want to shake him and go, wait, 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 wait. Hey, listen, something just got promised to you that has nothing to do with you and has everything to do with me, right? With the Lord. So I'm giving you this promise. Get that deep inside of your heart. Be so consumed with this promise that it starts awakening vision and awakening feelings that you would not have otherwise, that you would not be able to discern otherwise. And when you give yourself to those, I'm telling you, this is all good stuff. When you give yourself to those, yeah, there'll be kind of some moments where you need to step forward courageously. But it's joy 
and it's adventure, and it's life, and it's uh, getting you beyond sitting still. I want to be among some believers that know how to step over the line. Because all it does, I need my day messed up. I need my world messed up by the way that you're responding to his promises. I don't want to be comfortable. I don't want to be comfortable going to church with you all. I want to be mad at some of you. Could I do that? Could I just get mad at you? Could I get, somebody make me jealous. Somebody make me jealous by the way that you're responding to his promises because he'll start establishing some things in your life that are core components of this bigger thing that I'm a part of. And it will encourage and strengthen my walk. And it will cause me to not live one day in the place of just my skills and abilities, but instead cause me to reach into this thing we call anointing. The equipping that comes from the Spirit of God that no man can do, but comes fluently and easily through the people of God, those that dare to answer an invitation. I want to feel bad that I don't have my trunks on when I come into worship. <sighs> I wish somebody would just stand right now, not because you're asked to, but because you're prompted to. I wish somebody would yell out what the Lord's prompting them to say and to do. I wish somebody would resolve inside of themselves even this morning and tell somebody beside you the way that you're gonna talk and connect in that relationship that's been broken for a while and the Lord said, be courageous and step forward and speak into that thing what I tell you. Let me handle the results. established in present truth. One of those kings was there at Elisha's last moment, okay? Elisha just, his life was more miraculous than anything that humanity had seen before, the way that God operated through his life. This one of these kings stood at Elisha's last moments and Israel was getting its lunch eaten every single day by the bullies. And they see Elisha fading and passing away. And this king cries out and goes, oh, no, this can't be this way. Realizing that the thing that he had leaned on, the person that he had leaned on Instead of stepping and answering the call of his life, he was losing. And from this day forward, he was gonna to have to start owning the promptings and the things that the Lord had spoken over his life. And you know, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And history is written in that way. Why did Elisha do that? Elisha stood there as Elijah went high. When Elijah went high, Elisha cried out, oh no, no, this can't be this way. But you know what? Once Elijah was gone, he picked up that mantle, he picked up that double portion, and he said, you know what? All I know to do 
Through everything I've leaned on and let be ahead of me spiritually is now behind me. All I can do is respond to the prompting that's in front of me. I'm asking, Lord, that you would reveal not, not the whole thing necessarily, but Lord, that you would just, the same way that I received some promises through a, a cop, the same way that I, I received some promises through a bank teller and through a pastor, can you reveal some promises in the room right now? Oh, somebody receive right now some promises. Some promises that mess you up, some promises that you've been finding a way to explain away. Telling yourself that you've missed your season. Telling yourself that somebody else already has that part taken care of in your church. Telling yourself all of these lies when the Lord has established a promise in you. I pray for jealousies to arise. I know you guys think I'm crazy, some of the things I pray. I pray for holy jealousies to arise in the church. Whoa. <laughs> things that drive us to our knees, things that help us to feel undone because we're not done. Because we're not done. Somebody just confess to the Holy Spirit, I realize I'm not done. Ah! Now open your eyes, look to somebody beside you and say, I realize I'm not done. Whoa. Hey, that's a powerful proclamation to somebody. I'm telling you, everybody needs to do it. Look at somebody and say, I realize I'm not done. There's more that the Lord wants to do in my life. There's more ways he wants to operate. There's courageous lines that I need to step over. I'm not done. I'm not done. Now, if a person said that to you, I want you to look back at him and goes, I'm not gonna let you be done. I won't let you be done. I'm gonna mess up your day. I'm gonna mess you up because you watch how I respond to the Lord. You watch how I lay it down. I am not, I am not gonna allow you to be comfortable in this place. Are you with me? Come on, let's celebrate to the Lord right now. Lord, we thank you, Father. You're amazing. Change us from the inside out. Amen? Amen. You have a good day. Yeah. them right now. Whoa. Hey. Grab a hold of somebody around you and encourage them right now because somebody's wide open and vulnerable right now. You encourage them and tell them how awesome they are in the Lord. Amen. You guys have an awesome day.